Hi everybody, welcome to my Friends with Wheels podcast. Today I talk with Kabian Rendell of the Northwest School for the Deaf. She talks to me about what the organization is, what services it provides to deaf students, and how it helps deaf students have a educational experience that they, a truly memorable educational experience. I hope you enjoy this episode of this podcast and enjoy. Okay, so tell me a little bit about the uh, Northwest School for the Deaf, Deaf and how it got started. Great. Yeah. Um, Northwest School for Deaf and Hard of Hearing Children was founded by two women, uh, Judy Callahan and Karen Appleman, 41 years ago in 1982. Um, They were both teachers of the deaf by trade, uh, working in a public school system and working with deaf and hard of hearing kids themselves. Uh, And in, in their years of teaching, they they believed that the educational system could be improved for deaf and hard of hearing kids. And they started talking about opening a school together. So they, you know, sitting in one of their mom's backyards, started a conversation and fast forward 40, 41 years. And, and here we are, um, when the school was founded, it was first a one room preschool. So they were providing services to preschoolers only at that time and the school and community has grown to now we provide services for our school-aged kids which is preschool through eighth grade and then we also have an early intervention program that provides services to um, birth to three-year-olds so families when they learn that their child has different hearing levels um, we have communication coaches that go into the homes and provide services to those families as well. And then we also have a district support team. So for districts that have deaf and hard of hearing students um, and might not have the resources that they need, they can contract with our school and um, we have contractors that will go out and and provide additional services to support those students in different districts. Um, so we've grown quite a bit in the last 41 years and are feeling super strong and really grounded in the foundation of the school and the services we provide. We use a system called Signing Exact English as our um, teaching mode. So we're using a visual representation of English on our hands all day, every day. So when you come to the school, you'll see any given staff member or student doing simultaneous um, spoken English and signing exact English. So that's the the communication mode we use to support literacy, um, knowing that most deaf and hard of hearing students are born to hearing families um, who don't know sign language and don't know much about deafness and communicating with people with different hearing levels. So this is a really strong way to get English language foundation for our students who are deaf or hard of hearing. 
And um, so that's the philosophy of the school that we were founded on and, and we've kept that mission going forward and have found so much success with our students um, through the use of simultaneous spoken and signing English. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if I could just ask, what are some of the services that you provide? So we have a day school, which is, um, you know, like a typical school, except for our school is for deaf and hard of hearing students only. So for preschool through eighth grade, you'll find that we provide those same, th same things that happen in typical schools. The kids are getting math class, they're getting reading and writing and grammar. There's social emotional curriculum. Um, the uniqueness of our school, because we provide services to deaf and hard of hearing students, is that all of our students have different hearing levels. We have a speech and language pathologist on staff who works with students who qualify for speech work, and so she'll meet with them to work on articulation. Um, we have an audiologist on staff who supports any sort of um, difficulties coming up with like broken listening devices or you know, advancing technology. Um, we have uh, uh, services for our, our birth to three. Like I mentioned, we have um, folks who go and support families as they're newly learning about deafness, which is a huge transition for many people's lives. Um, we are students in our preschool through eighth grade. We also mainstream at a neighborhood school. So all of our students from kindergarten through eighth grade go um, for PE. And this is an opportunity for, for our students to start learning how to use an interpreter, um, having access to some, some time with general ed hearing peers. Our, we have uh, full-time interpreters on staff so and our own band. So our interpreters drive the students to their mainstream classes, interpret there, and then bring them back. Um, and then starting in about third grade, we can we also uh, mainstream some of our students for academics. So if kids are ready to go to like a math class or a reading class or a history class, then we can provide those services for students as well. And we have a really great um, school home connection. Our, our The communication that we do with families is pretty robust. Or we typically have teachers who communicate with families only almost on a daily basis, just with little updates and how things are going. And then we do a weekly letter with like more comprehensive information about what was taught during the week or what events might be coming up. Um, our teachers do a monthly phone call home just to check in. And, um, you know, I'm available to families uh, if they have concerns or questions. So we're a pretty tight-knit community here and really um, supporting the students in their educational path and then supporting their families um, on this journey with them. Mm -hmm, that's cool. So like any particular like um, stakeholders that you partner with, whether that's SPS or any um, organization um, that can really help students who are deaf, you know, have an inclusive education? Mm hmm. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, you know, with deaf and hard of hearing um, kids, the the notion of an inclusive education is can be very different. Um, 
part of being in an inclusive or least restrictive environment for deaf and hard of hearing kids is so that they have access to peers who communicate in the same way they do so that they have access to professionals who communicate in the same way they do. Um, and so being in an environment where everybody is signing all the time provides them complete communication access, which is just essential to each student's development. And so the the stakeholders that we that we partner with and engage with are are varied. We contract with 18 to 20 different school districts this year, which means they are our stakeholders. We work with each of those districts very closely in planning the appropriate education for each of our children. Um, we work with um, very closely with OSPI. Um, we work very closely with all of our families. We have stakeholders. We have a, a, a phenomenal giving community who helps support the gap between um, what contracts contracts for tuition are and what it costs to educate a child. So our districts typically through contracting cover roughly 80% of what it costs to educate a child. And then we have a, a fundraising team who, who covers that gap. So we have an amazing giving community that keeps us um, supported so that we can provide essential education for these students and um, increase all of our uh, technology as new technology comes out and increase services for SLP or audiology. Um, you know, our stakeholders are each of our students and their families, so we work very closely with them as well. And then we have some some folks out in the community who are who are great that we get to partner with. Uh, we take our students to Seattle Children's Theater a few times a year, and we've worked closely with them so our interpreters can go and do um, interpret the play productions and signing exact English, so our students get to have that very rich um, experience. We work with the Burke Museum, who comes um, for six to eight weeks out of the year, and they do really incredible science lessons at appropriate age level for all of our students. And then we do a really a big school field trip to go see the Burke Museum. Um, we have a, a, an artist who is also a great supporter of the school, Lori Rosenritt, who volunteers her time every year to support the eighth graders in doing art and um, creating a legacy gift to leave with the school. So we're fortunate. We have, you know, individual stakeholders up to foundations and districts, and we work very closely with all of them. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So like, I know I didn't ask this on my, on my notes here, but what I wanted to ask is what what have you like noticed in terms of like really um, in terms of like getting and um, the the services for people with who are deaf and hard of hearing um, like so that they could have an inclusive education like what are some of the like the trend statistics that you've seen because um, I know like there's an equity gap in education and mm -hmm. not a lot of people are receiving the services that 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 they need so I, I i might be rambling but but do you know what i mean so um i'm, I'm trying to follow you here are, are you asking what work the school is doing to close that gap exactly yes okay okay yeah so 
Well, for, I mean, it's, it's, that happens in all different ways and comes from all different directions. So it starts with the way we staff the school. So interviewing um, teachers of the deaf, really understanding what their experiences are, how they're coming to us with their experiences and what support they'll need um, as they're developing their career in deaf education and at our school in particular, and ensuring that our staff have the appropriate supports and that uh, one of the things we talk about um, pretty intensively during the interview time is diversity of our students and staff and diversity of needs of our students as well, and ensuring that anyone that we are hiring is committed to um, creating an incredibly safe and loving place for our students to learn so that they have the ability to access their education while they're here being really committed to um, direct instruction with students who are deaf and hard of hearing, because we know that, as you said, there is that educational gap um, that happens for students who are marginalized, whether that's through because of their additional needs for education or, or race or socioeconomic or gender, or the list goes on and on. And so we at Northwest School, are, we value very deeply um, diversity and supporting those those kids, students, and people who are most marginalized and ensuring that the work that we're doing is centered around closing that gap, whether it's for opportunity, whether it's for education. Um, so that's a priority for us. And it's work that we continue to do. Uh, you know, there's... Uh, from my from my perspective, this is it's a path that we will continue to learn about, and we tr we get you know outside training for our staff for ourselves in order to ensure we're providing the students with what they need, staying current on trends that are happening in deaf education, making sure that we're implementing those things, um, doing annual and and more frequently monthly and daily data collecting and assessment so that we know where students are achieving and where they're progressing and where they need additional support. And then looking at the needs of the student, the students as a whole, and what does the appropriate amount of staffing look like to ensure that they are getting their needs met, to ensure that we have enough folks on staff to um, meet the varied Ed, educational impacts of being deaf and hard of hearing, um, particularly after a pandemic. So, you know, at the time of seeing the impact of the pandemic and how education for all students um, was impacted and, and in particular for those who are deaf and hard of hearing. So we hired a, an additional teacher to be a resource room teacher so that we can continue to fill that gap and ensure that students um, don't continue to fall behind and and actually are able to catch up. Mm -hmm. That's that's good. My next question here is what sorts of impact does your organization have on the disability community? Like in other words, what have you heard from like parents, students who were involved or are currently involved in the program? I don't know if you can speak to that yeah i um because of the uniqueness of our program um using signing exact english and having such a strong focus on um, communication english development literacy 
that's a huge takeaway for for many students as students and families as they go through our, our program. So often we hear um, folks talk about their access to learning the English language and how having that type of um, education and expansive communication options has provided a lot of access to a variety of people to communicate with. So in our program, we work specifically with each of our students one-on-one -on -one and then as whole groups all throughout the day. Um, and we do speech articulation practice. We do um, auditory habilitation. So practicing listening and uh, discriminating different sounds and being able to identify them. We work on English grammar all day, every day, um, intelligible speech, um, communicating through spoken and listening language, communicating through signing exact English and simultaneous spoken English. And then when our students transition to middle school, our fifth and sixth graders start to have access to American Sign Language classes one day a week where they're learning American Sign Language, um, deaf culture, deaf history, and then our seventh and eighth graders transition up to three to four times a week they have that um, American Sign Language class taught by a teacher who is deaf herself. And um, so this, all of this communication together is providing support for each individual student to achieve to their own ability these different styles of communication so that as they leave our program, they have a wide variety of folks they can communicate with, right? So practicing um, for those, you know, we have kids who who have who have hearing parents who don't know sign language. And so that oral communication practice is really critical for home communication. Um, American Sign Language is, is used um, predominantly through uh, deaf adults who, who sign. So that's, we wanna make sure that our students have access and learn American Sign Language as well and really understand the history and culture of deaf and hard of hearing people. Um, did I answer your question? I'm sorry. I feel like I just now, I feel like I just started rambling. Uh, no, 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 no. That that's pretty good. What I was going to ask finally is like, you know, what two pieces of advice would you give like someone who might not know, um, who might not know what uh, resources to turn to if, you know, if, uh, if a parent has a has a child with who's deaf or hard of hearing and might is just like trying to sort of navigate you know this new world of you know his his or her child is is deaf and doesn't know like what resources to turn to because a lot of a lot of times families don't have the economic resources to really find those kinds of um, services for their child. So what two pieces of advice would you give? Um, okay, two pieces of advice I would give are, so first when um, a family learns about their child's different hearing levels, um, really talking with the audiologist about uh, 
what he, what their their child specific hearing level is, what the impact of that is, talk about um, listening devices and how they might support them. And then in Washington, because we have um, a hearing screening at birth, many of the children, um, we know about from from birth. And so at that time where there's the identification of different hearing levels, families should be notified about the different services that are available for birth to three. Um, so I would highly recommend accessing those services. I know that it's hard um, when you're learning something new about your child and it can feel overwhelming and life is so busy and you're a new parent. Um, but the the services that are provided by birth to three programs are really incredible and and actually quite supportive, like very supportive. So even though it's a it's more to coordinate and it's time out of your day, it is all about supporting you and your family and your communication at home and how to navigate this this new this new world. And then the second bit of advice I would give for families who are newly learning about their child or anywhere in their journey is to really network with other families who are having similar experiences because you're not alone and it can feel very isolating. Um, and there's a, there for some families, there's a lot of trauma to process. Um, it's very scary. Um, so I would say use the resources that are available to you. There's a wonderful resource nationally, and we have um, also in the state of Washington called Hands and Voices. They do incredible work for families on this journey. Um, so use your resources, make connections to, to other people on a similar journey, know that you're not alone, and know that your, your child is going to be a beautiful human being that can do anything they set their mind to. You're gonna have very similar up and ups and downs in your education journey and watching your child grow and watching their friendships develop and change and shift and all of the concerns that and joys and um, exciting new, new experiences, like know those are out there for you too. All of that is as part of raising this beautiful child that you have and um, the impact on their hearing levels isn't going to change that part of your family. Mm -hmm. Those are some really key pieces of advice there. Those are really important. All right, everybody, that does it for today's episode of My Friends with Wheels podcast. Today, I talk with Kavian Rendell, the head of school at the Northwest School for the Deaf. She talked to me about a variety of different topics, mainly uh, that of the Northwest School for the Deaf and some of the services that they have to offer to deaf students. I just really thought that this conversation um, shined a light into what they're doing to provide a memorable educational experience for deaf and hard of hearing students. So I enjoyed that. Anyway, I hope you tune in for more episodes of this podcast, but until then, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye, everyone.